parents living for that you are no longer slave to sin, appreciating for the privilege of salvation, for the privilege of election, that he has called you out of darkness to his marvelous light. He has made you to see the light of salvation. Many are still in the valley of decision, still thinking whether to follow Christ or not. But you have been privileged to know the mystery of the cross, to taste of the mystery of the cross. The cross is the place where sin is destroyed, is the place where the power of iniquity is brought low, the state of death is crushed. By the restoration of Christ, your sins were forgiven. And by faith in Christ, you are now made partaker of the divine nature of God. Giving thanks, giving grace. It is not a right, it's a privilege. It is not a right, it's a privilege. It is not a right, it's a privilege. Appreciating for the privilege of salvation. Appreciating for the privilege of knowing Christ, the author and the finisher of your faith. Who for this book that was set before him, he endured the suffering of the cross. That you that were once a gentile, a sinner, you now gave access to the presence of the Father. Appreciating. He deserves all the praise. Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory. For the privilege of salvation, we thank you. We return all praise to you. We invite your presence this very moment. That you speak your word. You reveal yourself by your word. You will strengthen our faith. You will strengthen the people need. And you will bring back to us all that you have for us today. We thank you, blessed Father. To you alone, beloved glory. Blessed be your name, Father. In Jesus' most precious name, we pray. Father, we pray that you reveal yourself by your word. Sanctify us by your blood. Let your heart be wide open to us. Amen. And let your word transform us. Amen. Thank you, blessed Amen. Father. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's have our seat in God's presence. I want to appreciate God for this privilege. Um, I do not take this for granted. And to him may not be longer praise in the name of Jesus. Uh, from the line of focus for today dealing with sin. We'll take our anchor scripture from this scripture, Genesis 4 from verse 5. We'll take it down to 8, but our emphasis will be in verse 7. I will not take much of our time. It's going to be very brief, and I pray that the Holy Ghost will uphold the heart of the Father to us through these scriptures. Amen. Quickly, um, Genesis 4 from verse 5. 
But he did not respect Cain and his offering. Mm -hmm. And Cain was very angry, mm -hmm. and his countenance fell. Mm -hmm. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? Mm -hmm. For if you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, and if you do not do well, sin lies at your door. Sin lies at your door. Continue. And his desire is for you. And his desire is for you. But you should rule over it. But you should overcome it. This scripture is a scripture that has sticked with me for life. And it's very important for us to understand that dealing with sin is a battle. And it's a battle of life and death. Dealing with sin is a contention, is a warfare, is a fight. And it's a fight for the blood. And that is why we discover from scripture that Jesus Christ fought that fight, that he lost his blood. And the essence of losing his blood is for our sake. There is a song I love so much while growing up. He paid the debt. He did not owe. I owe the debt. I could not pay. I need a someone to wash my sins away. Why the washing of the sins away? The reason is because sin has subdued humanity from the beginning. From this scripture, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou do not well, sin lieth at the door. This scripture tells us that sin does not have a place in a man's life until something is wrong with the man. Sin cannot penetrate any human's life until there is a box in the man's life. From this scripture, it says that if you do well, doing well means if you follow the dictates, if you follow the rules of the Almighty, then sin will not be found around you. But if you don't follow the dictates, so there was a prescription given to Cain and Abel concerning how to walk with God. God is the creator of the heaven and earth. But he created it with laws, regulations, rules that binds the earth. And as long as you abide by the rules that binds the earth, the presence of God keeps sin far away from you. Genesis 2 gave us the clear dictate. Genesis 3 amplified it more. God created the garden. He put man in it. He created all the trees. But Genesis 3 unfolded to us clearly that God gave a rule and a regulation. This is what to touch and this is what not to to touch. Every territory, every dimension of existence has rules and regulation to it. And what is the definition of sin? 
sin simply means disobedience to God. It's a spirit. It's not just disobeying, it's a spirit. The devil himself is not sin. But the devil himself is under the influence of the spirit called sin. I want us to understand the word, the word devil and Satan as synonymous. The devil means enemy, adversaries. Satan means slanderer. And the word slanderer means he who speaks against another, an accuser. So it is not the person per se, but it is the acts that makes the name. Take for example, your name is Tyro, but you are not a nurse. Am I right? Were you born as a nurse? But if you look at it, because of the function you have found yourself, the office you have found yourself, the training, the profession, the workmanship you have found yourself, you are now called what? A nurse. So Lucifer is a blessed angel in the beginning. There was no iniquity in him until he entered the office of sin, which is what a spirit, and he began to walk against the plan of God. And instead of him becoming the bright and morning star, he now became the enemy, the adversary of God. He now became the slanderer of God because the spirit of iniquity has entered him. Bible says, until corruption was found in him. Let's look at the book of Ezekiel 30, I mean 28. Ezekiel 28. I pray that the Holy Ghost will help me to commune his heart to us. I read Ezekiel 28. The word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyrus, Thus says the Lord God, because thy heart is lifted up, and thou hast said, I am a God, I sit in the seat of God, in the midst of the sea, yet thou art a man, not God. Do thou set thy heart as the heart of God. Behold, thou art wiser than Daniel. There is no secret that can hide from thee. This is the description of the devil. With thy wisdom, with thy understanding, thou hast gotten thee riches, and hast gotten gold and silver into treasures. By great wisdom, by the traffic as thou increased thy riches. Thy heart is lifted up because of thy riches. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because thou hast set thy heart as the heart of God. Behold, therefore, I will bring strangers upon thee, and the terrible of nations, and they shall 
draw their sword against the beauty of thy wisdom, and they shall defy thy brightness. But look at it. That is a judgment because he took the place that belongs to God. Sin is a spirit that competes with God. Sin is a spirit that contends with the place of God in any man's life. It is not peculiar only to one who is a sinner. It's also peculiar to one who is in Christ. Because sin does not give up on a man until he sees their room. And sin does not give up on a man as long as he is on earth. Sin does not give up on a man as long as what? He is on earth. As long as he puts on the flesh, sin has power to ensure that man does not see his maker. And that's why we are in a battle. Look at what sin did to Lucifer. And Lucifer became a weapon in the hand of sin to destroy humanity. Verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyros, and say unto him, Thus says the Lord God, Thou sealest up the son, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. Look at the description. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of Eden. That's what he's talking about. The garden of the Lord. Every precious stone was thy covering. Sardius, topaz, diamond, berry, oxen, jasper, sapphire, emerald, carbuncle, gold. The workmanship of candles and of the pipe were prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. And we know Lucifer to be the angel of music. He knew how to move the heart of God. He was perfect. There was no unrighteousness in him. The same way Cain and Abel, after the redemptive work of God in the garden, I want you to know that redemption started in the garden of Eden. When man sinned and God had to kill the animal to clothe Adam and Eve, God was showing the way of redemption. Adam was redeemed in the garden, but the consequences were still there to be faced. So Cain and Abel were already operating under the covenant of righteousness. But what happened? One was submitting already to the voice of sin. The same way this Lucifer was with God in beauty of the garden. Theologians believe that before Adam, the garden of Eden existed. They believe that because of the iniquity of Lucifer was what made God to destroy the earth and had to recreate it again to now put man in charge the second time. That's theological understanding. But we have this understanding by the Holy Ghost. 
that Adam was perfect, Cain and Abel were sinless. The same way in Ezekiel 28, this same beautiful angel was without sin. But look at what the Bible says. For you to know that it's an angel God is talking about. Verse 14. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have said thee so. Thou was upon the holy mountain of God. Thou walketh up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Fire there signifies seraph. He was a burning angel. He sang to God. He worshipped God. But look at what happened. Verse 15. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. Till iniquity. There was no sin there before. But something happened. Iniquity entered into him. And what is iniquity again? Iniquity simply means going against the set rules of the Heavenly Father. Sin is the opposite of God. Satan himself, Lucifer himself, is not the problem. That's why the Bible says the last enemy that shall be defeated will be what? Will be death. And the stink of sin is what? Is death. The word stink of sin means sin has its own poison. And the poison of sin is death. The mystery of sin is very big. That's why the Bible calls it the mystery of iniquity. When the Bible calls it the mystery of iniquity, it means it's a hidden secret that is difficult to what? To understand. But only God understands it. Can you explain how a man has desired not to fall into sin and yet he finds himself in sin? That's why Paul said in his writing, the things I desire to do is what I find myself not doing. The one I don't desire to do, the one that I hate most, he said, that is what I find myself doing. He said, oh, wretched man that I am. He said, who can deliver me from the power of sin? Sin has a power. Sin has a power. But they said, glory be to God. Jesus Christ, who has delivered me. There is a power for deliverance. There is a power for deliverance. And that power to overcome sin in this world that we are in is absolute faith in Christ. I belong to the kingdom whereby we believe that the more you preach about sin, the more you give sin power over people's lives. Because you make them more conscious of sin. And the sin does not have any power in Christ. Why? Christ has defeated the power of sin. Therefore, we are now in Christ Jesus as the redeemed ones. But yet, we must put on the guard 
of salvation. We must put on the armor of God. Let somebody open to the book of Timothy 2 from verse 7 to 8. Timothy 2 from verse 7 to 8. While I conclude with this. Hold on. Genesis 4 verse 7 says, If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? If thou dost not do well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. So every time we are not doing the things God wants us to do, sin is close by. Sin always looks for a legal ground to enter a believer's life. And the only way sin can enter a believer's life or any life is when that life is not doing things according to the scripture. You can say you are serving God, worshipping God, but God sees that your heart is not with him. And the Bible speaks about the kings in Israel. He said, concerning Asa, he mentioned other kings. They serve the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. Yes, they did the things that God wanted them to do, but not with a perfect heart. What about Solomon? The same thing. Yes, he served God, he loved the Lord, the God, but at a point, he began to deviate from the ways of God. And what happened? Sin took over him and wrecked his destiny down. Gehazi was positioned to be the next that would take the double portion of the anointing of Elijah. By virtue of the transmitting points, Elisha had double portion. So the next person to take the next double portion would have been Gehazi. But sin wrecked everything about him. Sin was lying at his doorpost. What about Judas? Sin was lying at his doorpost. And that's why the Bible says God called him, Jesus called him the son of perdition. The son of perdition. May you not be found among the son of perdition. And how can you, please, you can go on with that scripture. How can God help us in such a time as this, when iniquity is everywhere? You are walking on the road, you can't even walk normally. Sometimes, not even sometimes, every time, as I was coming, I've seen many things on my way coming. And I told myself, I said, in this world that we are, we are in now, how can you even walk with your eyes closed? You can't walk on the road with your eyes closed. And you cannot walk without your eyes being opened. Iniquity is everywhere. What you hear is everywhere. Pollution everywhere. Because men have decided that sin is the only way. A life of sin is a life of total opposition to God. It's a life of total enemy to God. When a man dips his hand into sin, 
you are actually making an agreement with the enemy of God that you are the enemy of God. When a man chooses to disobey the commandment of God, you are actually making an agreement with the enemy of God that you are also the enemy of God. You are an adversary without knowing. You are a slander without knowing. Please quickly look at that scripture. Second Timothy. Second. Second Timothy. Sorry, Titus two. Sorry, Titus two. Sorry, Titus two, from verse seven to eight. protected against iniquity. And I want you to know that the only way to overcome sin is the absolute surrendering of your spirit, of your soul, and of your body to Christ. Romans 8, quickly. Romans 8. Romans 8. Romans 8. From verse 1. And the surrendering has to do with faith. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the Lord took his life and set him free from the law of sin and death. Do you see? So, what is the instrument of victory over sin? Christ Jesus. We have not come here to give sin power. We have come here to tell you that it does not matter those hidden sin in your life, but there is a solution to it. It does not matter how many temptations that you have faced. Bible says Jesus Christ himself faced likewise temptation. And the Bible says he was able to overcome them. And if he is able to overcome, he has also made provision for you to also what? Overcome. He did not say that you will not face such temptations. He did not say that you will not see those situations. But he says he has made a way for you. And that way is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. From the beginning, I said clearly that when God creates the universe, he created laws. And sin also has law. He looks for. If God says, don't do this, the opposite of what God says, don't do, is what sin 
dictates as his own law. Sin will tell you, do it. That is his own law. Why God's law says, don't do this. So, sin does not have power until he has seen the law and the commandment of God. When God says, don't fornicate, that is when sin says, now you are going to do what? Fornicate. Because sin is just only waiting for what God will say you shouldn't do. For it to have its own power to now make you do those things that God does not want you to do. So, sin does not have power until there is a law. Sin does not have power over a believer's life until there is a law. Why is it that believers would rather eat their tithes before they don't know what is called tithes? But the moment God says, pay all your tithes into the storehouse, that is when people start violating tithes. Hmm? That shall not steal. There was nothing. That's why Paul says, when there is no law, Sin has no place in me. But the moment the law existed, it says, sin then gained its power over me. So the only way for us as believers to overcome sin is for us to know that by Christ Jesus, we have access to the spirit of liberty. And that spirit of liberty is the Holy Spirit. Is the spirit that enables us to live above iniquity. Is the spirit that enables us to live above the power of sin. Is the spirit that enables us to live above the power of the stink of death. I read that scripture again. Romans 8 verse 1. Therefore there is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. The flesh there means the physical realm. The flesh there means the force of sin. Now, let me round this up by saying sin is a spirit, but it's not spiritual. Sin is what? It's a spirit, but it's not what? Spiritual. Why do I say it's not spiritual? The opposite of spirituality is carnality. So the character of sin is what? Is carnality, which is the opposite of God. Now, the physical world that we are in, please listen very well. The physical world that we are in, there is nothing wrong with this world. The only thing that is wrong in this present world is the true spirit is the spirit at work in the children of disobedience. The earth was created good and perfect. There is nothing wrong. Even as you are sitting again, there is nothing wrong with you. But where things begin to get wrong with you is the spirit of iniquity that comes into your life. And the aim of that spirit is to make you do things contrary to God. And the moment you start doing it, you lose the nature of God. And when you lose the nature of God, the next thing you become is flesh. And that is what we have as a secret. Flesh means without God. 
Flesh means ordinary. Flesh means without the glory. Flesh means being below the glory. That's why the Bible says, all have seen and fallen short of the glory of God. Every time a man dips himself into sin, he goes below the glory. He falls short of the standard. The word glory means standard of God. And anything below the standard of God is called flesh. Flesh means you are no longer the way God has designed you to be. You are no longer according to the plans of the Father. You are no longer according to the design of the Father. You are now substandard. And when something is substandard, what do you do? You throw it away. And that is why hell is meant for sinners. Hell is like the dumping refuge. Refuge. May you not be found there. May you not be found there. May you not be found there. So, what is the way out? Remain under Christ. Remain in Christ. Remain in the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And I want you to understand this. That you cannot have the spirit of life in Christ Jesus if you don't have an encounter with Jesus. Because the power to defeat sin is only resident in the spirit of Christ Jesus. And the only way to assess this spirit is by faith in Christ. And I want you to understand today, in the Christian world that we're in, we have so many beliefs about this mystery of the kingdom. Some believe, I just accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and personal Savior, and that is just it. They don't understand the mystery operation of the Holy Ghost, which is the spirit of regeneration that makes our spirit man to be alive unto God, to be empowered to defeat sin. That's why you have many believers that have faith in Christ Jesus, but there is no difference between them and the unbelievers. That's why we call them what? Carnal believers. Carnal believers are believers that they have Jesus in them, but there is no difference between them and the sinner outside. Why? Yes, they have accepted Jesus, but the spirit that will enable them to live above sin has not yet been released into their life because they don't understand the mystery of being baptized in the Holy Ghost. Ephesians 1. Someone read from verse 10. Or start from verse 6, please. To the praise of the glory of his grace, mm -hmm. when he has made us accessible in the beloved, mm -hmm. in whom we have, we have redemption through his blood, uh -huh. the forgiveness of sin, mm -hmm. according to the, rich, the riches of his grace, mm -hmm. when he has abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, mm -hmm. having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he has proposed in himself, mm -hmm. that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather together in one all things, 
in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance. In whom we have also obtained an inheritance. Uh -huh. Being predestined according to the purpose of him, mm -hmm. who worked all things after the counsel of his own will. Verse 12. That we should be to the praise of his glory, mm -hmm. who first trusted in Christ, mm -hmm. in whom he also trusted, mm -hmm. after that he had the word of truth, mm -hmm. the gospel of your salvation. After you have received the gospel of salvation, mm -hmm. In whom also after that he believed, mm -hmm. he was sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. What did the scripture say? Not just that you accept the word of salvation, you are also to accept what? The Holy Spirit of promise. The Bible says it's the seal. The word seal means guarantee, license, receipt of your word, of your salvation. And I want you to understand that it is by the Holy Spirit that you have power against the spirit of sin. By your own flesh, you can't defeat sin. By your own mentality, you can't defeat sin. Because sin is after you. Remember concerning King, sin is waiting what? At your door. That's why you have had the teaching that once saved, it's not saved forever. Once what saved, it's not saved forever. We have seen great men of God, anointed men used by God. Suddenly, 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 they were nowhere to be found again. Hebrews 6. Hebrews 6. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews 6. Hebrews 6. Read from verse 5. If you have seen it. Ah, no, start from verse 4. Better. For it is impossible for those who are once enlightened. It is impossible for those who are once enlightened. They had the knowledge of the gospel. They received salvation. Uh-huh. And have tested of the heavenly gift. They have tested of the heavenly gift. They enjoyed the ministration of the gift of the Spirit. And were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. They were partakers of the Holy Ghost. And have tested the good word of God. Okay. And the powers of the world to come. They even tested of the kingdom we have not yet seen to come. Uh -huh. If they shall fall away. If they shall fall away, why now are they falling away? To renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God. So a man can be anointed. A man can flow in the Holy Ghost. A man can manifest the gift and yet still fall away. I think I'm not the one that says so. The scripture says so. And that's why the Bible says, let him who watch, who think he stand, watch, miss the one he falls. If it's a, we are in a battle, we are in a war. It is not just preaching everybody lives in alone. You must understand that this is a fight, and it's a fight to the end. It's a fight to the end. 
and we need constantly the presence of God in our life to keep winning. In 10 years' time, in 20 years' time, will I need to in faith? That's why Jesus Christ said, when I return on earth, will I still find faith on earth? And that is why the Bible gave us the solution to defeat all the plot and the weapon of the enemy. Ephesians 6. How do we overcome? Because I'll be rounding up here. How do we overcome? Ephesians 6. You can take it from verse Verse 10. That you may stand against the wise. Each wise there is the arrow of sin. You woke up in the morning. You can't explain where the unimaginable thought came from. You start imagining simple things you didn't plan for. You are walking on the road. Many things are flying around you. You can't explain it. Why? Every day you wake up, the enemy is shooting a dart at you to bring you down. The only way not to fall off is to what? To put on the armor. Because we are in a warfare. We are in a battle. We are in a contention. That the Bible also says that if care is not taken, even the very elect shall be deceived. If care is not taken, even the very elect shall be deceived. We are in a world whereby we don't even know the difference between a born-again Christian and a non-born-again Christian. Because everybody is not born again. Everybody is not born again. I remember last set, I think that should be the last two sets um, interview. We're asking someone, are you born again? Yes. When did you give your life to Christ? I don't know. So everybody now claims to be born again. So you need to be very equipped. Because you are in a world of what? Of battle. And your greatest enemy is not your brother. Your greatest enemy is not your father. Your greatest enemy is not your neighbor. Your greatest enemy is sin. And the devil has been positioned to ensure that you lose salvation. And if you don't have salvation, the enemy has ensured their plan to keep you in bondage of sin. The Holy Ghost is giving me more scriptures. Let's run that scripture up. Verse. Uh-huh. Against principality. Do you see there now? That it is not the flesh there that the Bible was talking about. It says what? It is principality and power. So there are spirit behind the actions of men. That you call flesh. 
you see somebody going on the street already naked. You see a all manner of things happening in the world today. A Christian lying. And when you ask them, they say it is self-defense. And these are backed up by principalities and powers. The Bible calls them what? Spiritual wickedness in high places. Continue. Against the rulers of the darkness of the world. Uh -huh. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh -huh. Wherefore take unto you the whole and all of God, uh -huh. that he may be able to withstand in the evil days. So how do you overcome these wicked times against him? Putting on what? The armor of God. I want you to understand this. There are many prayer warriors. They have fallen down under the lap of many Delilah. There are many tongue-speaking anointed servants. But where are they? Chained in the pits of iniquity. No matter your level, Never you think you have attained. You must always be alert. Constantly, because the devil is watching you. The Bible calls him the rolling lion. Walking to and fro, looking for who to what? To devour. As Uncle Job, Uncle Job will tell you. Uncle Job innocently sat in a corner, enjoying his presence of God when. The devil went to meet God. And the target was Job is going to write this example. God is just serving you. It's not true. Do you know how many believers' life has been tempted in that direction? This is not a devil. This is a brother or a sister. Shebi said he's born again. Shebi, she said he's born again. Let's try him. And then you being ignorant, we're not aware. You fell down flat into the trap. Why? Because you were not vigilant. You were not sensitive. He said, while men were asleep, the enemy came and what? And so tears. A little sleep, a little slumber. The door is open wide for the enemy. Why? The devil is not sleeping. Is walking to and fro, day and night, seeking for what? Destinies to destroy. Because he alone will not go to hell. He has vowed that him alone will not go to hell. Sin has vowed that he is totally in opposition against the Almighty. What is your decision? Have you decided yourself that you are walking against God or you are walking with God? You know, the, 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 from, 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 from the mystery of the end time, we have discovered that the scripture makes it clear that many will be caught in surprise package when they get to heaven. Many will be caught in surprise package. Why? The very people you think will be in heaven, you find them not in heaven. Why? Secret sins. Hidden sins. Sins that nobody knows. 
Uncle does not know. Nobody knows. Only God sees it. And then the scripture says, the people you don't regard, the sinners, the prostitutes, many people that you don't even expect to get to heaven, you find them there. Why? They were white, their hearts were open before God. They were not hiding their sins. They opened themselves before God and said, God, I know that I'm a sinner. I'm not even qualified to appear before you, but show me mercy. And that was why you saw, look at the scripture, the workings of Jesus. You find out that every man he healed, those he transformed their life were people who saw themselves as sinners. But the Pharisees called themselves righteous. And yet, God says, these ones will be found in the kingdom. You, you will not be found there. How many Pharisees do we have today in the world? There are many Pharisees on the pulpit. There are many Pharisees in the fellowship. Are you among the Pharisees? Jesus Christ said, I did not come for the what? For the right. I came for the sinner. Because only the sick require what? A physician. And if there is any part of your life that needs that touch of the physician, he's here in our midst to touch it, to take care of that secret sin, so that you won't miss that eternity. Because the only thing that will make you not to enter the eternity is the secrecy. Sin is a spot on a man. It claims ownership of the man. Jesus Christ says, the devil has come. He has searched all through and found what? Nothing. Can God say that about you? Can the devil come around and check through and say, no, I don't have any of my property around this one. Because any time the property of the enemies in your life, it needs the ownership. When they came to Jesus, they says, whose coin is this? Ask him about money. And he said, whose inscription is on this? And he says, Caesar to Caesar. Say, give unto Caesar that will belong to Caesar. And unto God that will belong to God. I want you to know that there is always an inscription of God upon us when we belong to God. And there is also the inscription of the enemy of God on a man's life when the man is working with the enemy. The inscriptions are signs of ownership and you'll be given to your owner. As he said, give unto Caesar that will belong to Caesar. And unto God, that will belong to God. The question you ask yourself now is, what type of inscription is in my life? What type of man? Revelation tells us that the Antichrist will put his mark on the forehead of people. I want you to know that there are many people already bearing the mark of the beast. We don't need to wait until when rapture will take place. Sin is a mark. Iniquity is a mark. Ezekiel 8 tells us, let somebody open to the book of Ezekiel 8.
Read from verse um, Okay, Ezekiel 9. Ezekiel 9 from verse 5. Righteousness. The angel of destruction is not to touch them. So God has his mark. Purity and righteousness is the mark of God. And he did not say, let the judgment start outside. He said, what? Let it start from inside. So sin opens a man to judgment, to destruction. Even right in the temple of God. In the assemblies of God. I want you to know that nobody, nobody, nobody hmm, can claim to escape. Nobody can claim to escape. And the way out to escape is absolute surrender to the power of the cross. The mystery of the cross is not something once for all, I've said it before. It's something you go to every day by day. Every seconds by seconds. Father, whatsoever in me that still needs to be removed, whatsoever in me that still needs to be broken, I come to the cross. I come to the cross, break me, mold me, remove what needs to be removed. That's why Paul says the things that I know, I threw them behind that. That means no more. Why? There is a need for consistent knowing. He came to a point, Paul was also saying to himself, he said, Father, I have asked you to remove this thing from me severally. But the Bible says, Jesus Christ told him, he says, in your weaknesses. Is my strength found. There were certain things he was still dealing with in his flesh. He was still crying to God, God, take this thing away from me. And God was saying, Yes, in your weaknesses is my strength found. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. What is that area in your life that you are still asking God for help? I want you to bow down right now and begin to ask Him to help you. Remember, it's a war, it's a battle. You are faced with the power that does not want you to live the life of God. The devil knows that when you live the life of God, you will reign like God on earth. And he wants you to lose that identity. 
He wants you to lose the glory. He wants you to lose the beauty of God. Begin to ask, Father, let the power of your cross pass through. Let the power of your cross pass through. I need your help, Father. Let the power of your cross pass through me. Those areas in my life that still needs to be dealt with. Jesus, I need your help. Jesus, I need your help. Those secret sins in my life. Purge me and cleanse me from them all. Purge me and cleanse me from them all. Said in Ephesians that we rest not against flesh and blood, but against principality and power. 
The flesh here is not talking about the flesh physical. It's talking about the spirit of iniquity that operates by flesh. Those born again, do they have flesh? Is this flesh? Those born again have flesh. The sinners, do they have flesh? Is it the same flesh? So, the scripture is only speaking to us in symbols. The flesh is talking about is the spirit of iniquity. And the only way to overcome that spirit of iniquity is to be born of the spirit, to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes, can a man filled with the Holy Ghost still lose eternity? We have read that in the book of Hebrews 6. Why? They left the spirit and they became flesh. They abandoned the truth of the word of God. May you not be found among such in the name of Jesus. And verse, verse 18. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. And when you read down, you will see the characteristics of the flesh. I pray for you that the Lord will fill you afresh. Amen. The Lord will fill you afresh. Amen. Verse 25. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. So the master key to defeat sin, to live above sin, is to constantly walk in the spirit and when you constantly walk in the spirit you are being led by the spirit romans 18 8 8 precisely gives us the details anyone who walk by the spirit is walking by the spirit of the life in christ jesus and therefore the power of sin has no power over you How many of us are truly filled with the Holy Spirit? You know you have been baptized by the Holy Ghost. With your heart. That's good. And if you are not baptized in the Holy Ghost, you need to have that relationship. Yes, you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. But there is also the need to have that spirit of life. That is the power to live above sin. That's the power to have triumph against sin. We have seen it already from the scripture. You know that you are ready to have such an encounter. I want us to be on our feet right now and begin to ask Jesus help me. For you that have refused Jesus, Renew my relationship with you by filling me afresh with the Holy Ghost. If you desire to be filled with the Holy Ghost, with evidence of speaking in tongues, you can have it if you desire it. But first thing first, you must accept Jesus genuinely as your Lord and personal Savior. For those who desire the Holy Ghost, begin to ask Lord Jesus. I will dedicate myself to you. I surrender myself to you. 
I renew my covenant work with you. Jesus, wash me clean from the power of sin and death. Purge me from the power of iniquity. Make me holy. Cleanse me. I come to the cross. Purge me from every secret sin, every hidden sin. Cleanse me, O oh Lord. Let my name be rewritten in the book of life. Let the mark of sin be removed from my life. And let the mark of righteousness come upon my life. Thank you, Master Jesus. In Jesus' precious name we pray. For those that desire the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the scripture says, as many that believe in me, today he gave power to become sons and daughters of God. And everyone that becomes the sons and daughters of God are entitled to the promise of the Holy Ghost. We read that in the book of Revelations 1 already. And it said he has sealed us with the promise of the Holy Ghost. And if you are ready, I want you to place your right hand on your head, wherever you are, and say, Family Lord Jesus, I come to you because you have redeemed me from the power of sin. You have made me to become your daughter, to become your son by faith in Christ Jesus. And for everyone that is your son, they are entitled to the inheritance, which is the Holy Spirit. Jesus, I receive the fresh outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. Jesus, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. I receive the power to live above sin. I receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost to walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. I receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Jesus, thank you. Father, Thank you for releasing the Holy Ghost into my life. From this moment, I walk in the Spirit. I live by the Spirit. And I manifest the Spirit of Christ. In the name of Jesus, no more iniquity around me. The power of sin will never be found around me anymore. In the name of Jesus, thank you, blessed Father. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. The evidence you have received in new baptism, the infilling of the Holy Ghost is also with the evidence of what? Of speaking in tongues. And therefore, we are going to be praying in the Holy Ghost. As the Lord give you utterance, speak. Are we together? You don't need to understand what you are saying. That is the evidence of the presence of the Holy Ghost in your life. It gives you utterance. Everyone who is baptized in the Holy Ghost, also, you speak also in the Holy Ghost. And the Lord will refresh you anew in the name of Jesus. Let's begin to appreciate God and give him thanks and give him praise. Give him all the glory for receiving the Holy Ghost. Appreciate him. If you have prayed that prayer, appreciate him. And give him thanks, give him praise. Give him all the glory. Give him all the honor. And let's begin to pray the Holy Ghost right now. Every day, 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 every day,
in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, from this moment, may she walk in the Spirit. This is the seal of the Holy Ghost. And therefore, from this moment, may she enjoy the supernatural life of Christ. A life of righteousness. A life above sin. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, blessed Father. In Jesus' precious name. Give me a hand. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Now, two things is very important for you to know is this. When the utterance is coming, you don't understand what is coming. All you need to do is to say what is coming. Hmm? You don't need to struggle. It's a divine blessing release. Hmm? You don't need to understand it. Hmm? Trying to understand it is strong. Hmm? Have you been receiving any? No. Are you ready? Father Lord, I make demand. Your word says in the scripture that when the apostles laid hands upon the people, they received. In the same order, I make demand. Let her receive. Let it be released. Let it be released. Let it be released. In the name of Jesus, let it be released. Let it be released. In the name of Jesus. Let it be released. Now you have received it. Close your eyes and pray the Holy Ghost. You have received already. It's just for you. You have received already. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let her come. In the name of Jesus. Let's lift up our voice and begin to appreciate God. And give him thanks and give him praise. Give him all the glory. Give him all the honor. Give him all the thanks. Celebrate his holy name. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. Blessed be your name, Father. In Jesus' most precious name, we pray. I want us to understand the mystery of the kingdom. Is that the baptism of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues is a must for everyone that is born again. Is a must. Is a must. Are we together? Is a must. Now, when the Holy Ghost is released into a man's life, the manifestation differs from one person to another. To some, you may not even notice any sign. You get to your house, you're on the bed, and then the tongue starts flowing. It comes in diversities, but it's already present with you. And it manifests by faith. Are we together? It manifests by what? By faith. But how to sustain it, to keep moving in the spirit, is as it comes, keep what? Speaking it. On the road, speak it. In the toilet, speak it. 
Everywhere you are, speak it. You are charging the atmosphere. And the truth is, when you charge the atmosphere, you keep the power of sin off from you. When you pray more in the Holy Ghost, you keep the power of sin off from you. And then, when you pray the Holy Ghost, He fuels the word in your life. Because the Bible says, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I may not sin against you. And so the Holy Ghost keeps the word of God in your heart to keep sin away from, from you. We are praying, saying, Father, let the Holy Ghost be ever burning in my life. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Father, let the Holy Ghost be ever burning in my life. Let the Holy Ghost be ever burning in my life. receive it, something happened to you immediately. What happened? I feel so mad. You felt so mad? Yes. Can you describe how you felt? No, you cannot describe. No, but something, yes, something shook, my shook you. Yes, I so like an electric force. <laughs> hmm? I felt so mad. You felt somehow. Yes. That's a sign for you. Are you getting me? Yes, there is a change in your life. And that change is permanent. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. There is a change in your life. And that change is permanent. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen. While I was praying for you, you notice also anything. That's what you, you felt something for. Okay. So, um, you are blessed. Amen. For every one of you who have connected in this prayer. I declare a change in your life also. Amen. Every time there is such a move is a sign from God. And signs are messages of God. I pray today, whatsoever that has fought your life as iniquity, by this sign today, those things are dissolved in the name of Jesus. Amen. The spirit of righteousness will begin to walk in your life. Amen. The spirit of purity will begin to walk in your Amen. life. From this moment, I declare to you, the Holy Spirit of promise will make you to continue walk in the spirit. Amen. You, will not be, you will not walk in the flesh. Amen. And by the power of the Holy Ghost, we all meet at the feet of Christ. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, blessed Father. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Congratulations. Okay.